Hey friends, welcome to the Kingdom Movement Leadership Podcast, where you can be equipped and inspired to grow and maximize your influence as a leader. I hope you enjoy today's episode. And today I have a special guest with us, Corey Strombeck from North Carolina. Welcome, Corey. Thank you. Glad to be here. Well, I am so excited for today because we have so much to talk about. And one of the things that I wanted to bring up today is being a mother that you are and a wife, a businesswoman, a minister, and I can go on and on, but you've been in ministry for over 40 years now. How do you balance everything? Well, let's first say that it has not always been balanced. In fact, a lot of times it was out of balance and you have to um, a lot of times look at your life and bring things back into what you consider to be your priorities. I feel that a lot of times I would get out of balance and then something would suffer, either my Mm -hmm. husband or my children or my home or something because I had too many irons in the fire. And, um, I would say that it took me a lot of years to figure that out. It's actually gotten easier now because Mm -hmm. I no longer have the homeschooling aspect to it and my kids are grown. But um, when they were home, I was juggling a lot of things and um, learning to rest in the Lord and all that was uh, fairly difficult and still learning to do that as well. So um, I think that... Uh, most women have a hard time figuring those things out. So I would say the biggest thing that you have to do is um, stay close to the Lord and ask him to help you keep your priorities in order, you know, help you keep your kids first and your husband first. And then all the things that are added to that come added, not in front of. Yes, that is so good. Um, many people might ask, how do you stay close to the Lord in the midst of everything that's happening in your life? I feel like the Lord has warned me so, so many times in my life that the cares of the world, you know, you hear about that in, in the Bible, that the cares of the world are the things that are going to keep you from him. So um, I think casting off those and centering on him um, if it's not on a daily basis that I'm meeting with him, then I, obviously it's going to be a struggle. I'm I'm not going to enter into rest. I'm not going to be the best for Randy. I'm not going to be the best for my children or anyone else. So, um, I think it has to do with uh, making him the priority before everything of making sure I meet with him daily. Yeah. That's the key is I believe to rest and daily right? To daily seek him. And one of the things that I've learned um, early on in my years that the Lord has really put on my heart and is the scripture that says, trust in the Lord with all your heart, pretty much with everything that you are, put your trust in him. And one of the biggest things as a mother is with your children, right? Like you want to protect them. You want to keep them, um, sheltered as much as possible, but the Lord says, Hey, trust me. I got them. I can take better care of them than you can. And so, um, 
it's so amazing. Even, even being in ministry, a minister's wife and having a traveling husband, which you are very familiar with, you know, having your husband travel all the time and you didn't always get to travel with him, right? No. In fact, most of the time I was home and I kind of made friends with being at home and being the person uh, left behind and holding down the fort and holding down the business and um, you know, I was good at it. I was glad to see him go. And actually in the process of him being gone, I would make sure that, um, I made it to where he could be 100% focused where he was, mm. because if I did that, that I knew when he came home, he could be 100% focused on home. Yeah. So, um, I actually was very glad to do that and let him go not mm-hmm. just let him, but you know, you don't let anyone do anything. Yeah. I mean, that'd be controlling if I yeah. was trying to say you can't go. But it was just uh, for me to be able to bless others with yeah. him because he is uh, a precious human being mm-hmm. with so much love. You want to share him. For so. sure. For sure. And he definitely is. What about your children in the midst of all of that? I know um, sometimes it's hard on them to have, you know, parents that are in ministry, a father that's traveling all the time. How did, how, as a mom, um, how were you um, leading them in that? I don't know that I did the best job with that one. I tried to be all things to both of my kids, which, you know, I will have to say that was one of my mistakes of not, um, I didn't make uh, excuses for their dad being gone, but they knew that um, he was off loving on other people. Um, but I, I probably did a lot of things with them while he was gone to make it not as hard on them for him to be gone. You know, we would do, uh, just mom things and we always had special things that I would do with them when, when Randy would have to be away. Yeah. I remember, um, when Roman would travel, when he travels for me, one of the biggest things is how do I incorporate my children into, cause ministry isn't just, you go somewhere to do it. It's a lifestyle. It's right. who we are, whether we're at home, whether we're grocery shopping, um, speaking to people, that's just our lifestyle and trying to incorporate that into our children is such an important aspect in all of this. And my kids are fairly young, but every time my husband would travel, I would make it where they are a part of his travel, where I would begin to share testimonies of his trips and how people got impacted that, see, we know Jesus, you know, he's, we, we know who he is, we have him, but there are so many people that don't. So to be able to say, hey, we get to, allow, you know, for us to go and speak truth to other people that don't have what we have Mm -hmm. and incorporating our children where, um, dad is speaking somewhere, but we're praying for him, you know, every night where, you know, hearing, hearing testimonies of what's happening there on, whether it's the mission field or, um, a conference that he's doing. So I think that's so important as as moms that are home and and I always say this is just a season right. you know and in in every season we have to see him and it's so important to be able to see him in in all that we do because what we're setting the foundations that we're setting now will last us in the future it's going to that's what's going to be the fruit 
of what we put now. And one of the things that I actually really got touched by you uh, when you were here last time in our city and we were doing a retreat together. And I remember this thought that you said about about um, people putting walls up. So when I'm, I'm going to try to explain it and maybe you'll remember this, but what you were saying is there are oftentimes you are, let's say, offended at one person, but we begin to put walls for everybody else around us. But really, it's not everybody else that needs the walls. It's just that one person that we are offended at. And in that moment, I remember there was there something that that happened where um, somebody said something to me. And in that moment, I didn't realize that I put a wall, not just for that person, but for, let's say my friend that came to me and she's like, Hey, what's going on? What's wrong? Are you okay? And I cut her off. Yeah, I'm fine. Yeah. It's not a big deal. And she felt like whoa, Sophia, like what's happening? Like, why are you putting up a wall? But it had nothing to do with her. Mm -hmm. It was about the other person. And, and that evening you were talking about putting up walls and that victim mindset, right? That Mm -hmm. we so often come across. Uh, The, the actual quote is wall up to one wall up to all. And I got that from Randy actually. That's good. (laughs) Uh, Because people feel it when you uh, anytime you put up a wall, the, it, it's not just um, that person that has been walled off. You have walled off your heart mm. uh, because you've gone into protection mode. And wow. so anyone else around you is going to feel it. They're going to feel the, um, they're not going to feel just that, that part of your wall towards that person, but they're going to, they're going to feel a, I'm trying to think of what you would call it. It's it's almost like a a force field you've put around yourself mm. for protection. Like a fence. Uh, yeah, it feels, but it it can actually be like a wall above your head. If you've had enough offense or you've had enough uh, hurts mm. or wounds, your wall is going to be much taller, and nobody's going to be able to penetrate it. And you actually can keep your own children from going through that wall, or you're just trying to, you know, stay non. No emotions, no whatever. You just want to stay inside your walls so that you're not hurt anymore or you're not, um, no one can get through and ding you. You know Mm -hmm. what I'm saying? It feels like boundaries that you create. It just kind of feels like, you know, an arrow came through, a dart came through. It hurt my heart. I don't want to feel that again. Ouch, that hurt. I don't want that. So you put up the wall, but anybody that comes to you after that, you're afraid. So you're living in fear rather than living in faith that not everybody is going to come to hurt you. And even the person that hurt you, you're not giving them the opportunity to be near you again. And they may not have even known that they hurt you. Wow. So you keep the walls down and keep your heart open, even if it means you'll get hurt again Mm. so that you can exhibit Jesus in you. You need the world to see Jesus. They're not going to see him if you have a wall up. So how do you practically do that? Because... I, I can sense people having walls and sometimes I know it's not towards me, but there's a wall there. Um, how do you practically bring those walls down for someone else or for yourself, for someone else? Well, it, it goes both ways. It goes Um, both ways. I think, um, I have broken through someone else's barrier. You have to be very patient when you're 
you know, dealing with someone who has very large walls and you just keep opening yourself to them and opening yourself to them and opening yourself to them. And, um, sometimes they will bring their own walls down when they feel that they can trust you and trust is something given, not earned. Just so you know that, um, it's up to me whether I trust or not. So if I'm opening my heart and I'm keeping open to you and I'm basically giving you uh, my trust, mm-hmm. then the person is going to feel that. And eventually, hopefully anyway, they'll be able to start reciprocating and their walls will begin to come down. And once they can get their wall down with you, maybe they can get it down with the next person and the next person. But it's an, I believe, an incremental healing in a lot of people's lives. Yeah. But you have to be patient. Yeah. Um, I think for me in that moment, I, I realized that I have to confront, um, for example, that person that brought like that hurt to me, Mm -hmm. like I came to them and I'm like, Hey, when you said this or did this, this is how I felt. And it actually released like this pressure that I was feeling, Mm -hmm. you know, before, obviously you come to the Lord before anything else and say, Lord, like, this is like, I don't want this. I don't want to feel this way. And, and then sometimes the Lord will have you go to that person and, and almost just say, Hey, like, this is how I felt when you said this or this. Well, that's just Matthew 18. Yes. You go to the person. Yes. Exactly. Everybody around them. Exactly. And in that moment, it's you feel the walls coming down and it's not just towards that person. Now I'm free mm-hmm. and to be free is the best feeling ever. Absolutely. I have, I tell this story a lot about, um, if you're walking in unforgiveness, it, you've put yourself in jail basically. And if you want out of jail, you forgive. Mm-hmm. And I walked through a relationship in my life where I had to fight for that because I'd held the bitterness and the unforgiveness for so long. And I fought for my freedom from that all the way through to me having to go to them and actually tell them, I am so sorry. I judged you harshly for however many years. And at the point that I said, I'm sorry, I'm the one that judged. Even though I felt like they had done something to me when I did that, I had no more unforgiveness. I had no more wall towards them. And I have never again been imprisoned to that that unforgiveness towards that person. Wow. That's amazing. I remember I I was dealing with a very similar situation um, regarding unforgiveness. And I thought I was good. I thought I forgave, but it was really all in the mind, not really the heart. And so because when the next time this person came up, something rose inside of me. And at that moment, you realize, whoa, there's still something there. Mm -hmm. And the Holy Spirit at one point said, I cannot take you further where I want to take you and where you should go until you deal with this unforgiveness towards that person. And, and it was that person that did, um, caused that hurt and pain in me. But I, re- I remember coming to them and just saying, hey, I'm sorry for keeping you, you know, captive and not because everything up to that point was through the lens of unforgiveness. Right. And so b- until you break through that barrier, it's like that's how you view things up to that point. And I remember when I just sat down with this person, we had this open heart conversation and everything just 
fell off. And I remember walking away from there and telling my husband, like, I feel like a ton of bricks just fell off my shoulders. And I'm like, if this is what freedom feels like, I want more of it. Absolutely. After you've tasted the freedom of, of forgiveness and not having that have you in jail anymore, you never again want to go back there. So at you have an opportunity at any time to be offended and to enter back into unforgiveness and judgments and all of that. But the Bible says, great peace have they which love thy law and nothing shall by any means offend them. Mm. And so I'll remember that and say, nothing shall by any means offend me and I'm not going back to jail. Because so that's absolutely where you go is it, they're, they're not in jail. No. You may think you've put them in jail, but you've really put your own heart yes. in jail and you are, you're bound and you want to be free. You want to walk free. You want to be able to have a clear shot to the, the throne room and you will have a hindrance in your prayer life and everything else, as long as you are still holding something against someone. Yeah, that's so good because I just realized that without that, we begin to pass it into our families. Like if we're, if we're victims of our, of our own bitterness, of our own offense, guess who reaps that? Our children, our family, our husband. And so that's why going back to balancing everything, right? Like how do we keep everything in balance? First of all, it's if you're not free within yourself, mm-hmm. how can you give the best version of you to the people that are surrounding you, right? Yes. Another one you should think about, too, is sometimes we have people that hurt us, but what's harder is when somebody hurts the one you love. Oh, You're, yes. You know, our, our husbands being, um, you know, out there and in the public eye and whatever are some people come after them and they, I mean, we're talking fiery darts and you can actually be more offended for them than you are for yourself or more offended for your children than you are for yourself. So we guard our hearts and have no offense even in those cases. I mean, you can actually enter into a, a mentality of, of being a victim for them, and that's not where we want to live. We cannot live with a victim mentality for our spouses or for ourselves or for our children. We don't want to, um, we don't want to fight their battles for yeah. them. The Lord is there to fight their battles for them. And we don't pick up their, uh, I mean, even if my, my child or my husband is not offended, you know, something was done to them, but I picked it up because, Mm -hmm. Hey, that was not fair. Um, that's going to hinder me and my time with the Lord. Yeah. And it's not yours to carry. It is not not mine to carry. Mm -mm. Yeah. And just to wrap this up, I, I'll ask you to pray at the end, but I want to um, just say that to stay free, what do we do to stay free? The best thing I know to do that I've done is um, I give myself a checkup with the Lord is, you know, I I keep my heart clear. Um, And I, I think I've fought so hard to be free from unforgiveness in, in just the one circumstance that I knew that I never wanted to go back there. So I will literally keep myself checked on where my heart is with any one person, especially, you know, on daily basis, somebody has an opportunity to just kind of 
jab you. Yeah. Um, I just check it, check it with my heart, not for me to examine myself, but let the Holy Spirit examine me and see if there's anything in there, you know, and keep me clear. And sometimes he has to say, Hey, you're really, you're holding on to something here. You get rid of it. And it can be, I mean, it can be something so small, but we don't have the luxury if I can call it that, the luxury of letting even the smallest thing come in. If I want a clear line to the father, I, I need it clear. I love that. You know, if we, um, if we want to be forgiven, then we forgive. So forgiving, get it off of you before it has a chance to take root in your life. I love that. Constantly be checking your heart. That's so important. It's actually vital mm-hmm. for our, not just for our Christian walk and as believers, but vital for who God's called us to be. And as mothers, as, you know, as wives, as ministers, to be constantly in tune with the Father, with the Father's heart. Yes. I mean, that's where I think we all want to be. If, if we're walking in the Father, then we want to walk according to His Father. We want to be sons. I mean, we're all, now the, the words are, we're sons, we're sons. Yes. Well, a son walks in the nature and character of the Father. And if I'm going to do that, that means I hold no unforgiveness. Come on. I don't walk in immaturity. I don't, uh, I don't let myself go into petty things. I want to be a son and walk in the nature and character of my Father. So good, Corey. I love that. Well, in closing, would you pray for those who are listening to us right now and just whatever's on your heart, just release, just release what's on your heart. Okay. Father, I come to you in the name of Jesus and I lift every person listening to this podcast. Lord, that if they are walking in any sort of unforgiveness, that you would help, help them release it and be forgiven themselves take down the walls that are keeping them from others, Lord, that they can walk together in what we call koinonia, that act of participation in relationship with each other and with you. Lord, let us have you as center of our lives. We ask that you would um, help moms that are having to juggle jobs and children and maybe even homeschooling and ministries, anything, their uh, home fellowship groups or any other place that they're serving. Lord, for all the hats, especially that moms are wearing, I ask that you would take them into a place of rest and help them remain. That's the biggest biggest issue that so many women have, Lord, and I'm just asking that you would help us to learn and to remain in your rest. Mm -hmm. Help us to learn and to remain how to walk in openness with open hearts and forgiveness and uh, not to have judgments enter into our hearts. Let us be free in our walk. We want to be sons. We want to walk free and we want to be those that walk in your nature and your character with everything that's in us. We want to pursue everything in your heart. So Lord, I ask for everyone listening that their hearts would be made open and made free today in Jesus name. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Thank you, Corey. You are welcome. Thank you, everyone, for joining us today. Come again.